0: Hello and welcome to the Pure Championship Podcast. I'm Chris Sampson and he is Cammy Anderson and we are the only place that brings you the best of the Scottish Championship on a weekly basis. Big news this week, we're going to kick off with that. um, But before we do get into that, uh, we are obviously uh, just about to hit the last game of the proper season, Cammie, of this strange uh, season where we've obviously had one less third uh, of the, or sorry one less quarter of the season though. maths is terrible um, how are you feeling going into this final match
1: I mean much better than I was kinda, heading into last weekend's match uh, obviously Dunfermline played Arbroath and thanks to winning 4-3 secured the playoff spot so yeah much much kind of calmer for me heading into this final one but I doubt you're feeling the same given the kinda, predicament Morton find themselves in with with a few other sides obviously yourselves, Air and going kind of all fighting to avoid that ninth place finish and you just couldn't occupy it. So I think that's yeah I mean that is really all you could watch out for in the final day.
0: Yeah, i my nerves are absolutely shot to be honest. Um I think we did put out so I mean I'm gonna get this out straight away. I think we did put out last week that we would maybe do some kind of live stuff on Twitch tomorrow night, but I really, really do not want to do that. Um I know it'll be unbelievable content if Morton finished ninth and I'm sitting there uh, crying on a stream. Um but I just I, I just want to watch the match in the comfort of my own uh, home and cry on my own if we finish ninth. Um so we will see what happens tomorrow night. Um I, I'm actually like p- potentially even too nervy to even do this podcast tonight, but we'll see how we get through it. Um we are going to touch on some of the action from the weekend. A bit more of a look ahead to, uh, well, when you're listening to this, tomorrow night's matches, we are, it's a Friday night, uh, last match day on the championship. Uh, but before we do get uh, there, um, I did touch on it when I when I first started talking and I will stop rambling now because, Cammy, you're going to quickly take us through the big announcement from the championship today as we're recording this. And Stephen Dobie has announced that he's going to leave Queen of the South after tomorrow night's match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this came is a bit of a shock to both of us. His contract was up, but it just kind of for the past few years, he's always just kind of kind of signed a year extension each time, if I'm not wrong. And he's just kind of seemed like, kind of like the fabric in the championship. As long as we've covered the podcast, he's always been a player who, who I mean, I think many people would point out as one of the better players in the championship, although during our time, we were talking before we came on the podcast, and I think you pointed out he's only actually scored 11 goals since we started the podcast. So, Sorry, Stephen. We've clearly been a bit of a jinx, as much as we've we've loved your kind of dazzling kind of displays. that have been kind of few and far between, kind of recently. And yeah, I think think it's going to be a massive blow for Queen of the South, as as I say, its kind of performances have dropped in the past two seasons, and it's maybe, maybe the right time for him to move on. Not sure what his kind of plans are. Obviously, I think something that I took from the statement was he said he wasn't retiring, so there there must be something else lined up, good opportunity somewhere that that he can't turn down and it must be really good because we all know how much Queen of the South means to him. And that kind of really shone through in his statement. Uh, He said, with a heavy heart, I'm announcing that my time at Queen's has come to an end. Um, Spoke on the amazing time he's had, the big honour of being the captain and just, just thanking everyone. And I think the line that really stood out to me was, Queen's isn't just another football club to me. I've become a supporter. The way in which the club and the fans have embraced me and my family will always hold a special place in my heart. All the best for the future, and I'll be back at Palmy when I can. And I think it goes to show he's clearly someone very passionate about the club, and we've kind of spoken regularly about the fact Queen of the South have had to rebuild the squad each of the seasons we've done the podcast, and now they're going to miss someone who will lose someone that they've had at the club for for what seems like forever, made nearly about three hundred appearances for the club over kind of various spells, and I think it's it's going to be weird seeing our dobeless Queen of the South.
0: It is, but I guess, and you were saying, Cammie, it could be the right time for him to go. I probably agree with you there. But we've kind of already had a bit of a preview of a Dobby List Queen in the South this season. Um, because, as you said, he's been kind of in and out of the side so far um, across the season. Uh, he's obviously struggled with a, with a couple of injuries, uh, a few niggles, even when he's come back from a, a little bit of a more serious injury earlier on this season. So um, like we have had that preview. And uh, there was, I think, I do remember us chatting on on one of the episodes of the podcast that um, we're all, we were almost saying our Queen of the South better off without him because they obviously went on that incredible run of form um, with with Connor Shields um, banging the goals in. Aidan Fitzpatrick was was on fire as well, and um, obviously when Isaiah Jones came in on loan too, they 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 didn't really miss him um, for for quite a big chunk of that that period and that spell that they had. So I think it could be it's obviously sad to see a kind of club legend leave a club at any point. Um, I think it's been great that he has seen out the season for them as well. Obviously, um, if he does have a different opportunity or or whatever's happened and he's not jumped at that um, during the season, uh, but it'll be very interesting to see where he does go. I think we were having a little bit of a a speculate earlier on on text. Uh, I think you'd mentioned one potential club, um, I don't know what he's going to do. Obviously, I think he still lives down kind of Blackpool area, doesn't he? So I'm wondering whether he's got something a little bit more closer to home um, coming uh, for the next kind of wee while after he does leave. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he stays in Scottish
1: football. Yeah, you'd like to hope that he does kind of stick around. I think a figure who is well known, at least in the lower leagues, obviously a few seasons ago, he was he was unplayable at times. That was what two two or three seasons ago that he had. What 20 plus goals and that was as a 35, 36 year old and it's been a shame to see him kind of not play as much this season as you say injuries have played a part in that and only the three goals this season all of them coming within the first three games of the season and since then only 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 two assists and yeah it's just it is a shame he has without a doubt declined but I think on his day you could still say he would be a player who, who would get in any championship side but it has it's certainly not been as often that we've seen him kind of perform to that level. And I think we can can only really wish him well uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, we definitely can. Um, One thing that we did discuss when uh, we, well, I think it was me that put the pure football tweet out earlier, just kind of sharing the news. And I said, uh, is he the first entrant into the Scottish Championship Hall of Fame? Um, Obviously, since the season uh, of the the Scottish Championship became a thing, which is 2013-14. Um, and if he's not the first entrant, then who is? Um, I think we did both agree that he's the first entrant, though, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite easy to, to pick him as the first entrant. He's up there with one of the kind of, most appearances made and he's also the current highest goal-scoring in the, the division since that time. So, yeah, I think it's it's hard to kind of overlook him. But there are, I mean, I think, there are some real standouts in the league since then, and maybe just more recency bias, especially since we've done the podcast. A few, a few of these names. One of the names that really quickly popped to our minds was was that of Lon Shankland. Of course, done really, really well with A. United and Dundee United. I think it was what 24 goals in each season with with both of those clubs. And then another off the pitch was was Robbie Nielsen, who's won who's won the league three times as a manager, including back to back last season with Dundee United and this season with Hearts.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if there's uh, going to be some potential arguments against us, in, including Robbie Nielsen, but surely not. You can't really argue with, with winning the league three times in total, um, and there's going to be no arguments at all for, for Lawrence Shankland getting included in it as well. Um, we were maybe struggling for another couple of names, Cammie. Um I think one that I threw at you, uh, maybe... I mean, maybe not for in terms of what he's done on the pitch. He has shown flashes, obviously, throughout his time in the Championship. But James Keatings jumps out because he just loves the Championship pretty, pretty much just as as much as we do. Um, as soon as he gets uh, promoted or a sniff at getting promoted, he just comes back to the league um, and just loves, just loves to stay in it. So uh, I think he should be inducted into the Championship Hall of Fame just because he bloody loves it.
1: <laughs> I mean yeah I don't think you can really argue with that played in the championship for what Hibs, Hearts, Inverness next season, well I'm saying next season, Rafe Rovers could even be a premiership club and it be interesting to see what happens to that pre-contract if they do go up but that that could be yet another club he plays in the championship for, and it just seems to be a level that he absolutely loves and yeah as you say he's maybe not being one of the kind of superstars in the league but yeah you can't really argue with his love for the championship and what about kind of, some other names? I know we kind of looked at things like the most appearances in that time frame and just kind of some weird and wacky stats. Do you think people like that deserve to be in? Obviously, I've included Dobby, who has the most goals. But another name I think we'd mentioned was that of Derek Lyle. Um, a few kind of spent a few seasons with Queen of the South and it actually has, uh, I think it's the fifth most goals uh, in the championship since 2013-14 with 51 hasn't played in a few seasons. So I think that that's quite an impressive stat in itself when you consider he, like Dolby, was quite old during this kind of time, well, that, that kind of time frame.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can argue against that, to be honest. Um... I think if you again, I think you mentioned it earlier, but a little bit of recency bias from us obviously we've been only we've only been doing the podcast um this is our kind of second season um and uh, we've obviously had some great players over the two seasons and that we could probably try- try and shoehorn in there um just because we've liked them and we think they've been good, but if we're talking the entire time of the championship, then yeah Derek Lyle, um what a goal scorer he was. Um, and, and that you can't argue against his his kind of appearance in that top five goal scorers for the entire time that the league's been in existence. Um, I think you mentioned it as just well, as well there, Cammy. but in terms of appearances um, in the Championship, um, well, I don't want to take away your research that you did earlier on when you went on to transfermarket.co.uk, but um, Kyle Jacobs seems to be the most appearance maker in the Championship since his
1: existence. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd worked out that he'd played about 209 of roughly 270 games since. So I think that that is highly impressive, playing almost, well, most games each season. So yeah, certainly kind of deserves a kind of notice in this kind of ranking, whether he'd get in, I'm not necessarily sure based on that. I mean, I think I was, if we weren't going off solely the 2013-14 season, the name that I would have had up there, without a doubt, would have been Martin Hardy for his kind of spell when he was at Dunfermline, uh, back when the Championship was known as the First Division, I think that would have been an absolute no-brainer for me. He won the PARS that title that year, so yeah, he would have been my pick if we were extending it past then, but kind of some of the names we've mentioned, I don't think you can argue against any of them really, and I'd be interested to see if there's any people out there who, who could argue against it or have any kind of different names that we've maybe not considered.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you are listening, um, get in touch with us at Pure Football on Twitter um, and tell us your names. I think there's going to be plenty of names I've had kind of standout one seasons or a couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to hear uh, a few of those names. Um, I think you can even like so many players have just shown like flashes as well and, and maybe even like cult heroes. Um, so yeah, we would we would love to hear who you think should be inducted into the Scottish Championship Hall of Fame, which is obviously much better than the English Premier League Hall of Fame, which has just started. Who, who needs Thierry Henry and Alan Shearer when you've got Stephen Doby and uh, Lauren Shanklin?
1: Yeah, precisely. And if, if the SBFL want to employ us to, to do the kind of ranking and set this up, <laughs> call us up and we'll get it done. But. Obviously, that's the kind of Hall of Fame and the kind of main news of the week covered. What about the kind of final day of the season? I think you want to kind of avoid discussing this as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll just end the podcast here. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think we should probably touch on some of the promotion playoff stuff first. Cami, it is pretty much sewn up. Well, it is it is sewn up now, isn't it? With them, um, win win uh, against our uh, on Saturday. There, um, I. Oh, I mean, first of all if we're talking about last weekend, I really enjoyed watching the highlights of that one. I know your your heart maybe couldn't take it at some points, but I thought it was a cracking match, probably one of the best matches of the championship so far this year. Um, and I thought Dunferman were really, really good going forward, liked a lot of what they were playing, um, just kind of interchanging and some really nice moves for for some of the goals as well. But they were horrific at the back, were they not, Cammy?
1: Yeah, we were. And I mean, I think this the kind of attacking play was, was fantastic, kind of like the start of the season again, obviously, the Queen of the South game the week previously was another really good attacking display, but yeah, as you say, the defending wasn't exactly great, we'd went 2-0 up and then Arbrove got two in the space of minutes and it was just kind of seemed like one of those here we go, we're going to bottle this and then it's going to go down to the final day of the season to kind of shot the playoffs out, but thankfully we, we managed to see the game out, get get a big win. Craig White and I thought was absolutely spectacular, two really good goals. Um but yeah, massive, massive relief when that full time whistle went and it was just kinda done and dusted. They obviously made it 4 3 kinda late on and kind of in the final few minutes I think they had one off the line. They, they just completely went for it and it was it it was nervy but it, it's done and dusted now and hopefully the pass can go on and do well in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Craig White's second goal was an absolute peach, I thought, and uh, I think I texted you as well at the weekend. But um is as Ewan Henderson being the one of the key players from the in the last three matches, the first thing we've got right this season because I thought he was cracking again on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he was really, really good, and it's a shame. I, I think I maybe said it last week that I, I would like to see more of him at the Powers because it's just been it's been a small sample size, but a, a very positive kind of time at the club, and yeah, I think he has. Since he's come into the starting lineup and been playing regularly, we've looked a much better team. We've just kind of it just kind of freshened us up a little bit, and we really needed that. we thankfully found form when we really needed to after being on a slide for months and months, and yeah, got got playoff football to look forward to, and obviously depending on the results um, kind of tomorrow, we'll find out whether it'll be Rafe Rovers or Dundee first up, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's a cracking tie regardless of who we face.
0: Yeah, and uh, depend- as you said, there's a few things to kind of sort out in that final day. Um, So you are away at Allowa, um Dundee are away at Queen of the South, and then Wraith Rovers have got Hearts at home. Um, Wraith Rovers obviously in second spot at the moment, a point ahead of Dundee, and-, and Dundee are three points. It's three points, isn't it? Yeah, it's three points ahead of you. So a, a little bit of a outside shot for you, uh, to be honest, I think we need a bit of a goal swing um if you want to get third, um, although it, it won't really make too much of a difference um will it if you're if you're third or fourth at this stage, I think, other than um prize money uh, for the final spots of the season. But um yeah, who do you fancy playing in that first kind of playoff semi oh playoff quarter final almost I think it is.
1: I mean, given we are likely to finish fourth, it doesn't really bother me who we face between Rafe or Dundee because we're going to need to face them both if we want to, to reach the final anyway. Um, so Rafe Rovers gave us a right good doing the last time we faced them and maybe being able to beat them would give us a lot of confidence, especially after after the gubbing that they gave us. Well, will maybe want to go out and really kind of set the record straight. Obviously, Dundee, we've had some high-scoring games. We've had some absolutely rotten games with them. But yeah, just got. If we want to get promoted, we need to to get past the pair of them. So I, I don't think it really, really bothers me too much as to to who we play. I, I don't know if that would maybe be different for some fans, but at the end of the day, as I say, we're going to need to play them both anyway. And whether there's maybe an injury or two, a uh, in kind of Friday night's games for one of these teams that, that would maybe change my opinion. But both teams are kind of up there, they're in the playoff positions for a reason. And yeah, I think. They'll both be really tricky ties. I don't think there's either of them that will be any easier. So, so yeah, it's yeah. as I say, just got to play them both anyway to, to go up. So, yeah, hopefully I'd rather see us play Wraith and put them out first. Not that I'm saying that that's a certainty, but just I'd rather that than reach the, the next stage and then they put us out and then go on and win promotion. Like, I think that would, that would hurt a bit more. But, yeah, just, just need to wait and see.
0: Obviously, Dundee and Wraith kind of had a bit of a warm-up for their um playoff match uh, at the weekend just there. Dundee winning 2-1, potentially a bit of a lucky win, to be honest. Dundee only having kind of two shots on target and scoring both of them and one of those being a Jason Cummings penalty as well. So, um, yeah, that I, I don't think that result... I don't think we can really take anything from that result going into a potential two-legged tie uh, between these two teams, really. I think um, anything... Could probably happen. Uh, Wraith dominated the ball. They had more shots um, as well, only getting a kind of consolation late on from Kyle Benedictus. But Dylan Tate was uh, red carded late on as well. So I'm presuming that he'll be uh, missing uh, this coming weekend against Hearts in their final match. Um, but you know, he'll be back for the playoffs.
1: It's a shame we'll not get to see Tate uh, tomorrow night. It, obviously, recording on the Wednesday, and this will be out on the Thursday for the games ahead of. Uh, on Friday, should I say? So yeah, it's unfortunate we'll not see tape because Hearts and Rafe Rovers are in fact played on BBC Scotland, and I, me, and I think you and many Championship fans are a little upset that they've decided to to go for this fixture, especially considering Arbroath, Morton, play each other, and what what seems to be the the battle to avoid ninth place, and clearly the game that that everyone would would probably rather see. That's it's, it's a game that's actually got something really really kind of involved in it, and. That really matters and yeah are you of the same kind of belief or are you glad that maybe many folk won't be tuning in to watch Martin?
0: I don't know I think if the, if, if people did want to tune in to watch our growth Martin I'm not sure many would still be awake um, by the time the 90th minute comes um, I'm not sure how Hearts and Wraith is going to really go down tomorrow night either like I think it's a little bit of a dead rubber, obviously Rafe maybe want to cement that second spot if if Dundee which again on paper but nothing happens on paper in a championship you would think that Dundee are going to beat Queen of the South so they actually might sneak second spot there but uh, yeah I guess, I'm not really sure I mean you can obviously, you obviously know why BBC Scotland had picked that match because they want to show hearts and maybe get as many eyes on it as possible but um, yeah it's just a bit of a a shame I'm saying it's a shame, I'm, I'm actually happy it's not on the TV but for a neutral perspective, probably there's much more people that that want to watch um, are both against Morton as opposed to to Hearts, Wraith over tomorrow night. Um, does that lead us on to to talking about? Well, I'm going to avoid it as much as possible. Maybe you could ask me some questions about the relegation playoff, Gary.
1: So yeah, obviously you currently sit ninth, um, occupying that relegation playoff spot. Level points are A United and eighth, one point behind tomorrow's opponents, Arbroath. How if you'd sum it up in three words, how how would you describe your feelings heading into this final match?
0: Absolutely bricking it.
1: And that that'll do.
0: <laughs> I think, like the weekend just gone there, if we're touching on those matches just past, was a huge opportunity missed. Um, I think we did. It was a very very similar Morton performance than what we'd seen a couple of times this season, like I'm not saying we've been great um, in, in a lot of matches and I'm not saying we've dominated a lot of matches too, but there has been times where we've played well in spells of matches, but we just cannot find that kind of killer instinct. And um, we cannot find that we can't like cut teams open very well whatsoever. And we've been talking about it for weeks now, can probably even months, probably the entire season Um We've touched on it so many times that we're the lowest scorers in the division. And I think that just came, That the, the weekend's match was so much more proof of that as well. We, obviously, people will have seen probably that clip doing the rounds of Calvin Orsey through on goal after about 10 seconds in the match and him falling over. Um, and that was just so symptomatic of the season that we've had in front of goal. Like I think it, he obviously was through on goal quite early on. The week before against Hearts too, and hit the post that time, but he didn't even get his shot away uh, on Saturday there. And when our, uh, when Aloha, sorry scored through Ennis Cameron, obviously we can we can talk about Ennis Cameron and Jack Hamilton on a weekly basis as well. But if either of those players had joined Morton in uh, in January or whenever they they signed for for Aloha and are both, I think Morton would be in a much better better position than what they are in now. Um, but you look at the players that we did sign because Kaziah Sterling's already gone back to Spurs. Uh, Justin Johnson is is missing completely. Um, and even Stephen McGinn hasn't really came in for, for much praise over the last couple of matches from Morton fans because they just they don't think he was necessarily what we needed. Although we obviously did lose Jim McAster, so he's potentially replaced that presence in the centre of the park. So I just think... That, this is why I'm so nervy going into this last match because we need to win and so far this season when we've needed to win we haven't really reacted that well um, so I think i will just be very very interested to see how we come out and play on Friday night and seeing what happens from that
1: I was going to ask you whether you're glad that you're facing kind of Arbroath but then at the same time we've seen last week when you faced already relegated Alloa that I mean, it finished one each, and I think there were times we texted during the game where I think I think you were a little bit worried about it, and obviously got got the equaliser quite soon after Hamilton. Obviously got it. Sorry, after Ennis Cameron scored the the opener, but but yeah, it's just it, I've got so many questions that I don't think could be answered just in terms of how could Morton not beat already relegated? Aloha, I know we love Aloha, but when you consider the kind of run Aloha have been on, just how poor they've been surely if you're wanting to stay up, you've got to win that. There's no, we can get a draw and it'll be fine. Like It's the same for this Arbroath game. Uh, I think, had you won that game, you and Arbroath probably could have played it safe and played out for a draw, or at least you could have, because that would have saved you. Because um, I'd imagine Inverness would probably be air. Um, but but yeah, it's just, I, I don't know what you can even say to kind of some sum Morton up. I think you quite rightly said in text to me went, once you said in that Aussie clip, that just summed Morton's season up in front of goal and you're spot on. I think that the point about Hamilton or Cameron landing at Morton would have been, yeah, I mean you can only wonder the difference that would have made. I think when we had Kenny Crawford on the board a few months back, he, did he not mention that uh, either what Hamilton or Cameron were on Morton's radar at the time, so it, you just you just wonder why these guys of or one of them, or whoever it was, opted against joining Morton to to join either Arbro or Alloa. And yeah, it's just, I think Morton, if they do manage to stay up, it's clear where they need to to look look to uh, in the in the transfer window. Obviously, a big summer ahead. You've not hidden the kind of news that Morton will be a fan-owned club in the summer. It's a huge, huge summer for the club, and I think you said last week it's massively important that you stay up as well because I think. That that's a a fantastic way to start. Obviously, a fan ownership without obviously being relegated to a division, then trying to start. it. If you've obviously stayed up, you'll have that bit of momentum from staying up. And yeah, you just you can only kind of wonder what what would have happened if he's actually had a striker who could score on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, no. Um, I think about it on a weekly basis, probably a daily basis, to be honest, Cary, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I, just coming back to one thing you did say, and obviously. You look at Alawa already relegated, and and you you expect to beat them at home as well. But on Saturday's showing, like that wasn't even Alawa at their best. From what we've seen them uh, for for a lot of times over the two years we've been doing the podcast, Cammy, like they were quite poor um, actually, and and did only score with probably one of their few chances on goal that they had as well. It was and his coming from a from a corner that came in. that was poorly marked, um, but. Like that was the thing, too. We just couldn't break them down. I think it was probably, if I'm excuse me, being uh, kind of reflecting back on Morton's season, it was probably one of the, the matches we've had the most shots that we've had over a 90 minutes. Like, and that's obviously just 14. We have been so shot shy um, over the season, too. And I think that it's just that kind of lack, lack of quality in the final third that, that has hit us so much. And that, again, as I said, is what making me what's making me nervous going into this match for Friday. Because if I look at our growth recently, then they've got uh, seven goals in their last two. Uh, they scored two against Wraith, the the match before they absolutely dominated uh, Air as well. So they are, <laughs> they, I mean, we, they've not really been known for their goal scoring prowess over the over the last couple of seasons in the championship, but they are actually flying a little bit at the moment, like I said Dunfermline were maybe a bit poor at the back but our growth really, really troubled you um, as well and they were not short of the chances that they were creating too Jack Hamilton obviously got another goal, Scott Stewart's header um, was absolutely cracking as well Um, and I just think that they are going to cause us some problems on Friday night and it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever and I'm really hoping the Morton fans don't think it's going to be an easy game because uh, we've not beaten our growth this season either, so we are due a win against them, and it would be absolutely delightful if we did win against them. Um, but I'm I'm just hoping and praying to be honest, Cammy, because like you said as well, going into this summer is so important to to stay up and stay in that championship. It'll just give the fan ownership so much more momentum than it might have if we if we do. I mean, I'm not saying if we finish ninth we're going to go down. I just look at those teams in the League One uh, playoff to come up as well and I'm not very confident looking at looking at many of them too. I think that's gonna be the case for any of the championship sides that finish in ninth um when it when it comes to tomorrow night. So we will see what happens. My fingers are crossed, but I'm going to be absolutely bricking it um over that ninety minutes.
1: Yeah, and I I'd be the same in in a similar situation. I think just kind of adding on to our roof's recent goal scoring FA can I, even add a few more games and they've had 11 in the last four games which is over a third n- nearly actually half of the goals for the season in those four games so that they're certainly a team who've kind of found goal scoring form when it when it really matters obviously only only one defeat in the last four games won two of them as well including that big win over aloha which i, I mean i'd probably say was the one that saved them um a few weeks ago and Morton, yeah, only 22 goals for yourself so I think this one could could be really, really boring but if, if it's a draw that's played out I, f- I think in Inverness do you a favour I think you'd more than happily take that but really you have to be winning this and I think if you don't, I think you've said a few times, if you can't win these games you, you don't deserve to stay up and yeah, I think that there's going to be plenty of eyes on that one Um, but yeah, well, we've kind of spoken a lot about both Morton and Arbroath, what about Inverness Air? I'm pretty convinced Inverness will have this one in the bag but are you are you kind of feeling the same Are you're just so worried about Morton you've not really given it much thought
0: yeah yeah, I think because cause, Morton kind of have it in their own hands almost like if, if we beat our broth then we're guaranteed not to finish ninth so I am focusing so much on that one but I think it would be <laughs> I'm going to piss off some air fans here I was going to say it would be an absolute delight if Cali beat air um and our brother Martin did draw and um, because then obviously Air finished ninth and, and Hoppy's guided them to, to ninth spot. Um and I think Air fans are, are are a bit resigned to finishing ninth as well. I'm not sure they're very confident going into into Friday's match whatsoever. Um Air Queen of the South is a bit of a, a drab uh, affair at the weekend. Both teams had quite a few chances but it was a game that kind of lacked a bit of, of quality in the final third as well, which yeah, as we were just saying, Morton have done so for plenty of times this season too. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen in that one. I think it's quite similar to what I was saying about Dundee potentially finishing second and that match that they've got against Queen of the South away from home because we've said it so many times, but nothing happens on paper in the championship. And you would look at that and think, yeah, Inverness are probably going to beat here. Um, but Inverness are off the back of that kind of a little bit of that shell shock that they had against Hearts 3-0 down after half an hour Um, but they have uh, obviously had that little bit of a push towards the playoffs and have just fallen short so they don't really have anything to play for either Cammy which could suit air quite nicely.
1: Yeah I mean I I get where you're coming from and they've nothing to play for but I mean that does take a, a very big goal swing Queen of the South could still overtake them if I'm not wrong Um I mean, the chances of it are very slim, but yeah, I think Inverness having someone to play for could factor into it, but you'd imagine they want to finish the season strongly. Neil McCann would probably want to sign off, presuming he will kind of just sign off after this. Um, So still not really sure what's going to happen to John Robertson kind of past the end of the season, but you'd like to think he'd like to bounce back and kind of maybe end the spell on kind of a positive note there the kind of recent form that they've had hasn't been all that good in the league, no wins in the last three, but just kind of in the weeks before that, they were absolutely flying just after, just after us pretty much saying, right, that's them. They're finishing ninth and they're absolutely rotten. They they found form and I think that they will be kind of annoyed at the, the way they got beat on, on Saturday against hearts and kind of had nothing to play for. I think that would have certainly made things very interesting uh, on Friday night. Obviously it would have included my, my powers had we not beaten our broof and had Inverness won, it would have made things very, very interesting, as I say. So it's a it's a bit of a shame that there is only really one one thing still to play for in the league at this time, but it's gonna still be as entertaining as ever, I think.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Um all the matches kick off at seven forty five. Um obviously, like we said, um uh, uh Bath Rovers Against Hearts is on the TV. Uh, so you, oh, uh, well, if you don't want to fork out uh a little bit of money to watch one of the other games, um, then yeah, you've got that one to watch on BBC Scotland. Cami, are you uh, going to be listening to the dulcet tones of Kieran and Brian on Alawa TV?
1: Uh yeah, every chance. Eh, uh, well, yeah, probably will actually, because obviously we've had that opportunity to commentate, and will it'll be it will be a sad sight to obviously see Aloa go down the last game at least for a year in the championship. So yeah, got got to support two well, especially Kane who's supported us a lot throughout the podcast. So yeah, probably tune in there, but I'll definitely maybe even fork out for our Morton just to just keep an eye on things because I think that is the game that's really gonna have I mean, well yeah, it's the only game that's really gonna have anything seriously riding on it. I think I think that is gonna be the one to watch tomorrow night and anyone Debating which game to watch—that that's the game that that you've got to watch, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the firmer. Uh, uh, kind of what what kind of mood he's going to be in tomorrow night. We will see what happens with that. Um. I think my uh, mate Grant, who's an air fan, um, obviously we've been going back and forward about who's going to finish in ninth. He was asking me whether I was going to do a split screen of Inverness Air and our Ruth Morton. I think I'm a little bit uh, too nervy about that, but um, yeah, I might I might see what happens as we approach kickoffs uh, on well, Friday night. Um, but yeah, that is probably us for this week in terms of talking about the action. Um, obviously, like we said. And like you'll hopefully know, um, because we've just been talking about it for the last half an hour, but um, this is the last proper match day in the Championship, so Match, tw- match Day 27. and um, We are obviously planning to cover the playoffs. Um, we're not quite sure how it's going to pan out yet in terms of um, when they're going to be or um, kind of how that's going to play out. But yeah, we'll, we'll come to you at, at some point with some playoff coverage, whether that's um, potentially watching the powers get put out uh, in that quarter final. Uh, live on Twitch, we're we're not sure. Um, I think if it was Morton, I'd be doing that, Cami. But I'm just too nervous about relegation, so we we can't do that tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I can understand why why you're scared to go on camera and see your team relegated. But on topic, kind of playoff coverage, you will see a kind of final team of the season from us. Obviously, at the halfway point of the season, we did have a mid a kind of halfway team of the season. With the top and low league guys, and I think, I think it will probably have some changes. Perhaps most notably, Charles Adam, who was an absolute given in in it in kind of first half of the season, but we've not really seen him so much in the second half, and he's not been as impactful. And then on top of that, we've got a load of other kind of different, different bits and bobs to wrap up the season and the the pure championship podcast for another season.
0: Definitely, yeah, um, and I think that probably finishes us up uh, for this week, Cammy. to be honest Um, obviously if you didn't already realise I'm very nervous going into tomorrow night Um, if you have listened to this then please tweet your support um, to at chrissampson18 or if you just want to rip into Cammy and I obviously it's at purefootball on Twitter Um, we've loved talking about the championship this season, it's been a really really tough season uh, to talk about it Um, obviously with, with everything that's been going on um, but we've we've really appreciated everybody listening in on a weekly basis, uh, and Cami, we've enjoyed it, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we have. Obviously, always a pleasure to discuss it, even even when the pars are doing shite and, and the same for Morton. It's still it's a league that you can't not come back to. And obviously, hopefully, everyone's enjoyed the coverage. We see it every week. But thank you ever so much for the for the continued support.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, and we will hopefully see you next week. But uh, if we don't, then we'll see you next time when we come to the Pure Fitball feed.